Prayer. We all know a lot about prayer, or think we do. We practice it. We say we believe in it. We often do a lot of things regarding prayer. We have studies about prayer. We read scriptures about prayer. But what do we really know about prayer? What are we doing to learn how to pray more effectively and more powerfully? The scripture teaches us very much about prayer. It tells us how much God longs for us to spend time with him in prayer. All the things that are there, we know prayer is the one thing that we do that touches the whole world. It's the one thing that Satan fears the most of anything that God's people do is prayer because that's what brings God's power into every activity that we have. The psalmist in 116 the first two verses gives us a little bit of a testimony about why he believes in prayer and why he practices prayer. And I think there's some lessons there for you and I to learn as we try to be a people of prayer. The Bible tells us that that God's house is to be a place of prayer. And that's us. We're the temple of God. And so we are to be a people of prayer from out of our innermost beings. We are to be people who are praying God's will to be done on earth and his purposes to be accomplished. It ought to be something that we believe in, not just in our minds, because the Bible says we have prayer, but because we experience the truth of it, because we have a trust in the Lord God and take him at his word because of who he is. So this morning, I want to just share some things with you out of that psalm and just talk a little bit about prayer and what it means from this psalmist's viewpoint and how that could affect you and I if we had the same kind of attitude regarding prayer. But let me begin by just having a word of prayer with you. Father, this morning as we pray together, I just want to ask that you would uh, come in such a special way by your spirit to enhance the words that, that I want to share, but in, more importantly, to enhance our understanding of our relationship to you through prayer, of how it ought to affect our daily life, of how you can take our prayers and make a difference in our communities, our homes, our churches, our world. And I pray today, Father, that you would open up our minds to uh, listen and, and to really let your spirit teach us something about prayer, not just what we always have a preconceived idea about, but the truth of your word and, and the power of prayer, if we would get a hold of it and if we would have the right attitude toward it that we ought to have. I know the word teaches us that if we harbor in our own lives sinfulness, if we allow it to be there, you don't listen to our prayers. And so obviously, Father, this morning, I pray that each of us have confessed our sins before you and, and allowed you to give us a clean heart so that as we speak with you, you hear and you listen in a very special way. We know you always hear, you always listen, but to hear and respond depends upon our heart attitude towards you, our faith. And so I pray you would increase that faith this morning. Thank you for being with us, I pray in Christ's name. Amen. In the Psalms 116, as I mentioned in the first two verses, let me just share what, what the psalmist writes there. He says, I love the Lord because he has heard my, my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. Now, that's the psalmist speaking about his love for God and his desire to spend time with God in prayer. And he gives the reasons, the foundation for that understanding of prayer and what he's doing with it. And he begins with that statement, I love the Lord. And what a great way for you and I to begin every day is the realization that we love God. God loved us first and he demonstrated that love to us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And because of that, we know we are loved and now we respond to God in love and apart 
part of the action of that love, a part of the reality of that love is the time that we spend with God in prayer, our desire to be with God, to talk with God, to communicate with God, and, and to not be so selfish with our time that we don't want to give God the time in prayer and fellowship with Him as we have the opportunity. And so he says, beginning from the very start, I love God. And I pray this morning that you and I would learn how to just acknowledge that every day. We just need to tell God, God, you know, I love you. You're my Father. I love you. And I just want to cherish you. I want to spend some time with you. And so he, he talks about that. And then he gives some of the reasons why he loves God and why he spends time with God as we look and as we understand. As you look at the scripture, he said, I love God. But he says, first of all, because he has heard my prayer. He hears. What a great thing to know that God hears when you and I speak. He hears our prayer. He listens to us as we, as, as we talk with him and give him, he gives us his attention to know what we're saying. You know, sometimes you and I might spend time talking with someone else and, and we realize very quickly they're not really listening. I mean, they're there and, and they're kind of looking at us, but they're not really hearing what we're saying. They're not listening. Their mind's somewhere else. They're thinking about somewhere else. Sometimes as parents, we have that problem with our children. We don't want to listen. We're busy. We're tired. And we don't really hear them when they come to us and they want to speak to us. It's kind of like the little girl that wanted to tell her father something. He'd come home from work and he was tired and he'd gotten his easy chair and pulled out the paper and he was just reading the paper and she was trying to get his attention. And she kept saying to him, Dad, I want to, t I, I want to tell you what happened today. I want to talk to you. And he kind of, mm-hmm, but he never put the paper down. He really never paid attention. And finally, she climbed up in his lap and she pushed the paper aside and she put one hand on one side of his face and one hand on the other side of his face. And she turned his head toward her and said, listen, I want to talk to you. Thankfully, you and I don't have to do that for God. God listens. That's what the scripture said. I love God because I know he hears me. He's, he's giving me his attention. It's as though I'm the only one in all the world that he's talking with. And, and he's listening to me. He's hearing me, what I say and what's going on in my life and the things that are there. And so he's, he's listening. He's hearing what's going on. And you and I need to understand that, that when we talk with God, he listens. He hears. He, he responds to us. As I mentioned earlier in the prayer, when we have sin in our life, he doesn't respond necessarily necessarily in a positive way. He doesn't just give us a blanket check and say whatever we ask for we're going to get. You know, as long as that sin is abiding in our heart, he doesn't listen in the sense of being willing and ready to do what we ask for because we need to get clean in our heart first. But he still hears. He's still listening. The Bible says in Psalm 55 that even the loud groanings and moanings and grumblings of my heart, he hears. He listens. He's always aware of who we are and what we're saying and what's going on. And so he says, I love God because I know he listens. And then we all feel that way. We like it when people listen to us. It gives us a sense of worth, a sense of value. It means that we mean something to that individual, that they would give us the time, that they would pay attention to what we're saying, and, and they would listen to what we're dealing with, and it makes us feel better about ourselves. There's nothing more damaging to our ego, to our spirit, when we talk to someone and they make it obvious that they're not really interested in what we're saying. They're not paying attention. They're not listening. He loves the Lord, he says, because God listens. What a great thing that is as we hear and say, and not only that he heard, but he hears my voice. What an amazing thing that is. The Bible teaches us that God knows our voice from every other voice. When we speak to God, he knows it's us. We don't have to say, hi God, this is Daryl. No, he knows who I am. He knows my voice. He knows the very sound of my voice. The Bible says in John 10 that the sheep know the voice of God and God knows the voice of his sheep that we hear and we understand what's going on. I know many times in ministry, 
especially when I would be in a new church or around a new group of people. Someone might call upon me and say, uh, call me on the phone and say something about, uh, you know, I have a prayer concern and wondered if you might pray for me or pray for this situation that I'm dealing with or for this friend of mine that has a problem, whatever it may be. And I'll say, well, certainly I'd be glad to do that. And then they'll they'd hang up. They wouldn't tell me who they were. And I didn't have any idea who they were. I didn't recognize voices or anything at that time. I was new. I didn't know all the people. And they would call. But as I spent time in that church family or around that group of people, as I began to know them and, and be aware of who they were and what was going on in their life, I began to pick up on the different voice inflections, the different things about each one. And so when someone would call, most often I would know who I was talking to, even if they didn't identify themselves, because I had become familiar with their voice. And that's what he's saying. I love to talk to God. Not only because he listens, but because he knows it's me. He listens to me. He, he hears my voice. He understands me saying what I'm saying. And so what we, we love what he says there as he talks about it. He hears my voice. He, he knows me and knows the sound of my voice and knows the things that are about me that distinguishes me from anyone else. So that uniquely I have the mind of God, the heart of God, the attention of God as he listens to me. And it's not just a rumble of voices from all the millions and millions of people that are calling upon God. God, but he hears my voice and he knows me. What a great reason the psalmist has. He said to love God, love God. Oh, I love him because he listens to me and he knows my voice. What a great encouragement for you and for me this morning. And he goes on to say he, hear, and he hears in my voice and he hears my pleas for mercy or my supplications in some translations as it is. This, this is a word that talks about the, the deep urgency of our prayer, the deep desire of our prayer as we're going. It's a word that refers back into the book of Hebrews. When it talks about Jesus prayed with great pleadings and great cryings from his soul as he talked to his father before that time of the crucifixion and the things that were going on, the urgency, the depth of emotion, the feeling that was there. And these supplications or these pleas for mercy are the kinds of prayers that, that are grown out of a heart that's burdened over an individual, maybe someone's salvation or someone who's sick and really needs a touch of God in their life. Or maybe there's a problem going on that's so big that we know we can't handle it and we really need need help. And it's not just a passing thought, not just to uh, say, yes, I'm praying or I did this, but it, it reaches down into our very depths and it brings up the urgency. It brings up the emotions. It brings up all that we are as we cry unto God and, and we're asking him for the kind of help that we desperately need in that situation that we're looking to him and knowing and understanding that he's our only hope. He's the only one that can answer the need that I have right now. He's the only one that I can go to that not only will hear me and know that it's me crying out to him, but he will be the one who has the power, the ability to make a difference and be a part of that. That's the kind of emphasis that he's saying here. I love God because he hears me and he, he knows it's me and he allows me to pour out my heart and to talk with him. And even in the book of Romans in chapter eight, we'll remember that the Bible tells us there sometimes that maybe the groanings of our heart, the needs of our spirit are so intense, so immense in the moment that we're, we don't even know how to say it. We don't even know how to speak to God about them. They're so overwhelming in our life. And there God so loves us. It teaches us that the Holy Spirit takes those groanings, those moanings of our heart and interprets them before the Father and then carries the Father's wishes, the Father's will, his plan into our heart so that we can more adequately speak and communicate with him and so that we can have the assurance of that God is hearing and God understands even when I don't understand how to speak and how to say the things that are there. John Bunyan 
once said, it is better in prayer to have a heart without words than words without a heart. Unfortunately, too many of us, that's the way we pray. We just have words. We just say what's on our mind, some memorized scripture, something that we read, some prayer that we read, something that's there. They're just words. They don't come from our heart. They're not in a real genuine confession or communication with our father. See, when we speak to God, he's our father. We're his children. And there ought to be a, a line of communication, a line of, of sincere uh, desire to be with one another, communicate with one another, to listen and to talk and to be a part of that time as we look at it. And not just speaking words so we can say we pray daily. Daily, or we did this or we did that. Some of us do that with our devotions. We say we read our Bible. We don't have a clue what we read, but we read it. We, we said our prayers to God. We don't know what we prayed about and why we prayed about it. We didn't really expect anything to be the outcome of the prayer. We were just doing our daily duty. We read the Bible. We prayed. Oh, and we pray when we eat our meals because, well, that's the Christian thing to do is to pray over our meals and to show that we're thankful that God provides. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about a prayer that comes from the very essence of who we are, a prayer that, that really wants to communicate with my father. I want to talk with him. I want to spend time with him. I, I want to hear him as he speaks to me, and I want to be able to share with him the utmost secrets of my heart, all the desires that I have, all the hungers that I have, all the hurts that I have, all the victories and joys and things. I just want to spend some time speaking with father, my father. And that's the, what the idea of this psalmist is talking about. I love God. I love to spend time with God. I, I want to give him my time. I want to spend time talking with him. I want to communicate with him. And I do that because he has given me the understanding. He's made me aware through experience that he listens to me when I speak. He knows it's me. He understands that I'm the one talking to him. And even the very deepest depths of my heart, those things in my life that are greater and deeper than I even can grab a hold of sometimes, he listens and he responds in being a part of that time. And he gives us a reason for that as he as he goes on in the second verse. He says, because he has inclined his ear to me. This is a beautiful picture of our father. It, it's his leaning in to hear us. It's his getting close to us. It's a picture. Several pictures would be the idea of what he's trying to do. It, it's if you could look at it somehow and imagine God in, in, a, in as a figure and through Jesus as we look at it. And it's him leaning in so that he can hear, pay attention. He's not staying far back. He's not just there with his arms crossed, not paying attention, but he he's really wanting to hear. He's really wanting to give us his undivided attention. He's making sure that he doesn't miss anything that we say. And so what he's doing, the scripture, he inclines his ear, it's that he leans in, or some pictures have it that he bows down, or even one of the pictures that is painted by it that some authors refer to is the fact it's as though God himself puts his ear to the floor of heaven and is listening to make sure he doesn't miss a single syllable of anything that we say. He is listening. <coughs> Excuse me to what we're doing. And he, he wants us to know that. And he doesn't want to miss anything. He, he's giving us his undivided attention. He's inclining his ear. He's putting it right to where we are so that he hears even the softest whisper of our heart. He's listening and inclined to hear all that we have and all that we're doing as he gives himself fully and completely his attention to our heart, his attention to our need, 
I rejoice in whatever it may be. He's listening and he's inclining toward me. He's listening. What a great image of God. And what another wonderful reason to say I love God because he so loves me. He hears me. He knows my voice. He takes the very deepest groanings of my heart and responds to those in the depths of my being. And he's so interested in me. He's so willing to hear my prayers. He so longs to have communication with me that when I speak, he inclines his ear. He leans in close to me. He gets as near as he can so that he doesn't miss a single thing that I say. Wouldn't you love to have someone that listened to you that way? Someone in your family, your wife, your husband, your children, your grandparents, whoever it would be, a friend, someone who was so interested in who you are and what you have to say. Wouldn't matter how many times that you've said the story before, how many times you've talked to them about this issue. They just are so interested in you that they want to hear everything that you say. It doesn't matter if it's one that they've heard repetitive times again because it's coming from you. And that's what they're interested in is you. And they want you to know that, that they're, they're interested in you. They care about you and they want to know all they can. That's what it's saying about God is that God cares. We've all confessed God our sins over and over and again. Some of us the same sin so many times we can't even begin to count it. We've talked to God and complained to God about the circumstances of our life, about how unfair our world is. We've told him the same things over and over and over and over and over again. And yet I want to assure you based upon the word of God this morning that God listens. He cares. He leans in close to you so that he doesn't miss even a breath of your prayer. What a God you and I have. What a, a wonderful God. What a reason to pray. What a, uh, to know that when we pray, God listens, that he cares, that he wants to know everything that we're saying, everything that's going on. He's not just going to pick out this morsel and that morsel that are interesting to him. He's going to hear it all. Every single word, every part of it, because he's interested that much in us. And he says that as he looks, because he has inclined his ear to me to hear. And then he makes a statement, a very powerful statement that needs to come from all of our hearts. I love God. I love God because he hears me, because he knows my voice. Because he allows me to talk to him even out of the uttermost being of my soul. That he might hear those things that I'm not even sure how to speak. Because he wants so much to be with me and to hear me that he inclines himself toward me to miss nothing. Therefore, because of all these things... I'm going to keep on praying for as long as I live. I'm not going to give up on prayer. I'm not going to grow tired of praying to God. I'm not going to assume that I spoke to him once and I don't need to speak to him ever again. It's kind of like some uh, humorous stories husbands tell about their wives when they wives are always wanting them to say, you never tell me that you love me. And the response oftentimes is, well, I told you I loved you when we got married. I figured that was enough. That's sometimes how we do with prayer. I talked to God once. And that's probably be enough. He knows I'm his child. I know he's my father and I'm busy. I've got my life to live and the things that are going on. And if I ever get into such a situation that I need him, I'll call on him again. But in the meantime, I'm going to live my life. Now, the psalmist says, I love talking to God. I love spending time with my father. I want to talk with him because of the kind of attention he gives me, because of the way that he loves me, the way that he responds to me. Therefore, I'm going to spend my whole life in an attitude of prayer, I'm going to spend my whole life in the practice of prayer. I'm not going to give up on prayer. Sometimes we want to do that because it doesn't seem 
as though God's hearing our prayer. It doesn't seem as though God is listening. It doesn't seem as though that which we're asking for is ever going to be accomplished. We've prayed and we've prayed many times over something, maybe for years, and we've not seen the outcome of it. And we want to give up and we want to quit. We don't want to keep that persistence that's going on. But the psalmist says, because of what I know about my father, because of the relationship that I have to him and who he is and how he has responded to me and taught me in all of my life, I'm going to keep on praying for as long as I live. Prayer is going to be the habit of my life. Prayer is going to be a part of who I am. If anybody says anything about me and my characteristics, if anybody points out something about me that's consistent in the living of my life, I'm going to, it's going to be that he was a man of prayer. He believed in prayer. He practiced prayer. And he prayed faithfully and consistently need to join you in prayer. His heart would be with you in prayer because he believes that God listens to prayer. And because he believes that, he says, I'm going to keep on praying. What about you? What about me? Are we the kind of people that trust God and believe God and understand that we can talk to God anytime and all the time in our life, that we have the privilege to come before the throne of God? That's what the author of Hebrews says, that you and I can come boldly before the throne of God because of what Christ has done for us, because of the relationship that has been established for us in Jesus Christ, that now we can cry out, Abba, Father, as the book of Romans and Galatians says, we can say, Abba, Father, he cares about us and we can come before him with all the petitions of our life, with all the praise of our life, with all the heartaches of our life, with all the disappointments of our life. We can come to him even with our anger for him when we don't believe he's doing what he should do or acting the way he should. He understands. We, don't, we can't take him by surprise. We can't shock him. He loves us and he listens to us about every issue in our life. He's just disappointed, I think, that most of us don't spend much time with him. We don't take the kind of time to pray. We don't have the same kind of attitude that the psalmist has here that would be able to say, oh, I love my father. I, I love him because I know he listens to me. When I speak to him, he gives me his undivided attention. He pays attention to me and he knows it's me. He, he distinguishes my voice. He, he knows me from everyone else that speaks to him in the busyness of his life and all the things that are going on. He knows me. And because he knows me and, and listens to me, I, I have the freedom. I have the ability to just pour out my soul to him, no matter what it's about it, and know that he cares, cares and listens to all that's going on. And I love him for that. I, I cherish him because he does that. And, and I know, I know that he inclines to listen to me. He puts his ear to me. He comes as close to me as possible because he doesn't want to miss even a single thought of my prayer a single breath of my life. He cares that much for me. And because I know that, because I have that settled in my heart, and I believe what he has said, the practice of my life will be to keep on praying, to keep on communicating, to keep on spending time with my Father. How about you? Are you spending that kind of time with God? Are you allowing yourself to be overwhelmed with joy at the privilege of prayer? Or is prayer a burden? Is prayer just that thing that you feel obligated to do because you're a Christian? Or do you use only in times of great need? Prayer needs to be one of the most joyful moments of our lives. It needs to be that which we look forward to in having that attitude and that practice of prayer, that part that so dwells within us that we pray without ceasing. 
because of the joy in our heart of the recognition of our Father and what's going on. I want to challenge you this morning to look into your heart and to ask yourself by the power of the Holy Spirit as He reveals it to you, what kind of prayer are you? Do you love to pray? Do you cherish the moments of prayer? Do you understand the Father that you pray to and how much He longs to spend time with you, to talk with you, to hear you, and to listen to everything in your heart and in your mind? That's the God that you serve if you're a child of God. If you know Him as your Lord and Savior, He is your Father, and He does care for you. He listens to you. He knows who you are. He pays attention to what you're saying, and He's ready to respond to the very deepest needs of your heart because He loves you. Maybe you and I this morning need to make a new commitment with this psalmist. Therefore, I will continue. I will pray. I will call upon him for as long as I live. Would you pray with me? Father, this morning as we have listened a little bit to this psalmist and his great desire to pray and his energy in prayer and his enthusiasm about prayer because of his relationship to you, I pray that somehow you've spoken to our hearts and you've reminded us that we can have that same kind of relationship with you, that same kind of attitude towards you, that same kind of love, a relationship in prayer that the psalmist speaks about, that we can have that same excitement and enthusiasm about talking with you because we know that you listen and we know that you care and that you know us and know our voice. And so, Father, this morning, I pray that you would instill within our hearts a deeper hunger, a deeper desire to know you better. And the better we know you, the more we're one time we're going to want to spend with you. Teach us how to pray. Teach us, Father, to give us that desire, that hunger, that thirst to pray that we might spend time with you. Father, may it be the commitment of all of our hearts this morning. Therefore, I will continue to call upon you, my Father, my God, all the days of my life. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen.